Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. It's Everyone Wednesday, and we are focusing on not one but two local ministries today uh, during this hour that give you the opportunity to uh, get a chance to hear what's happening in some local ministries, but also to win some free stuff from one of those ministries as well. Um, Ness Franklin, who is on staff at Mariner's Church, and Apostle Estevez is going to join us as well from an outstanding church in Rancho Cucamonga, uh, Chris Estevez, and it's, it's going to be a great discussion today, and you have a chance to win. Matter of fact, Ines Franklin is the author of a brand new book that will really help you in your faith journey, especially when it seems like your walk of faith, if you will, seems different than everybody else's, but why do some people keep having the same types of successes that you don't. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Uh, Ines writes about it in her book called Unchartered, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. There's a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And since today is Everyone Wednesday, um, it, Pastor Ines has given us six copies of her book to give away today. We're super excited about that. So if you want to start calling in right now, you're going to enjoy this conversation. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. And then Apostle uh, Chris Estevez is going to join us in the second half hour of the program to talk about um, his uh, church, Lifeway Church in Rancho Cucamonga, and the fact that they have not one but two events that are coming up uh, this at the end of this month of April. Uh, their men's gathering is coming up the last weekend in April. That would be the, what, 28th and 29th. And then their women's gathering is coming up in May. Um, so I encourage you to uh, stay with us for the entire hour because you're really going to appreciate uh, what these two local ministers have to share. You know, it's it's interesting to me when I see the 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 number of people in the body of Christ who are working so diligently to try to help make things better for those who are somewhat less fortunate. And one of the areas of ministry that I've always been impressed with is prison ministry. Um, I have had the privilege for many years of being involved in a variety of different prison ministry efforts. As a matter of fact, vocationally, from the mid-1990s till around the year 2000, I was working for an agency that produced a short feature uh, that was hosted by the late Chuck Colson of Prison Fellowship Ministries. So I got to learn a lot about PF and their work with the incarcerated. We, uh, you know, started using terms like offenders as opposed to criminals and convicts and things like that. And it's amazing how when you change the language and change the focus, how many people who do wind up in the criminal justice system wind up uh, finding a way out of it, uh, you know, letting God use that time to minister to them. In many cases, they find faith in Christ. And, you know, when you're holding on to hope, doing the level best you can, there was a guy by the name of Bill Dallas years ago. Uh, Bill, uh, no relation to Joe Dallas, who's a regular contributor to the Bottom Line Show, but Bill had been in uh, the Wall Street world. And in the late 80s, uh, he had been uh, involved in the Young Life Ministry, and then he got involved in real estate and actually committed some white-collar crime, as they call it. He uh, he wound up, I think it was, uh, he'd taken out some falsified, used some falsified documents to get some loan money, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he wound up getting arrested um, he rededicated his life to Christ, went to court and thought, okay, well, God's going to get me out of this. And instead he wound up being sentenced to St. Quentin and <laughs> he spent some time in jail. And he said, while he was there, he fell into a huge depression 
you know, what happened? I thought God was going to get me out of this, that type of thing. And yet he told me years later, he had uh, since been released, he paid his penalty, uh, wound up starting a church communication network of video operators. It's a great uh, story. Um, he, he, he was so de severely depressed that when he, they'd send him out in the yard to go do, you know, the exercise, whatever it was that they had when they were not locked up, he said, I would just find a piece of grass out there and curl up at a ball or I'd lay down on a bench or whatever. He goes, I just couldn't get up. And uh, then at some point, one of the other inmates recommended that he go and uh, volunteer. They had a video library, they had, well, a library where they, you could borrow books, but they also had video projectors and they were doing just some basic filming and editing and stuff like that. And he started working with one of the other guys in there who'd recommended it. Turned out this guy was a Christian as well. And he asked him uh, at some point, he says, you know, how are you holding up in here? And Bill said, well, I, I, people pretty much leave me alone. He says, yeah, I can tell you why. And he said, why? I don't know why. I mean, I, I rededicated my life to Christ. I went to court. I thought God was going to get me out of this. And now here I am certain of serving a five-year sentence. And I just fell into this huge depression. And his buddy looked at him and said, I think God gave you that depression. And he said, what do you mean God gave me that depression? That doesn't make any sense. And... Um, <laughs> And the guy looked at him and said, look, around here, everyone is trying to stay alive. They, they're, they're joining gangs or they're forming unholy alliances or they're doing what they can. But the name of the game in here is to stay alive. No one wants to be around somebody who is negative all the time. If you're positive all the time, they'll want to be around you, but they'll want to try to knock you off course. But he said, I think God protected you by giving you this depression. And I thought, how interesting that God would use that something that we think is a, as a problem as a defense and bill went on to launch a ministry that helped uh you know as the internet was just starting to take off the church communication network uh became a hub for all sorts of live programming and uh conferences and things like that i, I don't think they're in business any longer but uh, he had a great run and I, so i i have a heart for those who are incarcerated and um you know knowing some extended family members who've had some real tough run-ins with the law that I think in many cases were unwarranted. Whenever a prison story shows up, I'm very, very drawn to it as a believer, but also as a family member, you know, who's uh, seen what this can do to people in that world. And I was very intrigued with the fact that the, uh, the California Board of State and Community Corrections has been paying attention to the juvenile court system in Los Angeles County. Another personal uh, part of this, not to make this all about me, but when my dad was working for the Orange County Department of Education, he was the assistant superintendent in charge of what they called operational services, which meant he had oversight over all of the non-traditional uh, schools. So, you know, you had public uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, and then the community colleges and things like that. Dad was responsible for the special ed programs. The, uh, uh, there were some, you know, the classes that where they were trying to mainstream kids with different needs into the mainstream of uh, the educational life. But also he had responsibility for, I mean, if uh, kids locked up in juvenile hall, uh, the state has an obligation to educate them. And so there's a whole system of uh, prison schools, if you will. And that was part of my dad's you know, area of oversight. That was in Orange County. In L.A. County, the California uh, Board of State and Community Corrections has been looking at L.A. County and looking at their juvenile halls and saying, look, the overall, this is just awful. I mean, what, what we're seeing here. Um, this is a quote from uh, Linda Penner, who is the chairman of that board of directors, as to the deadlines that they have given L.A. County to either get their juvenile hall situation together or lose it.
Uh, she said that she told L.A. County officials they, quote, had repeatedly failed the young people in their custody and expressed frustration with the county's inability to correct its juvenile hall problem. She said, we went through this process at the end of last year, and on the heels of that, we have turned around and heard the conditions of L.A. County have not improved. As a matter of fact, they're getting worse. Now, Ms. Penner is a former the, the former chief probation officer for a juvenile hall in all of Fresno County. She said, I know this sounds trite, but I struggle with trusting L.A. County going forward. And with that struggle comes young people in your care who are not giving adequate programming, that are locked in their room overnight for hours on end, unable to get out and use the restroom. They're being asked to sit around and watch TV and play video games all day when they should be physically stimulated with exercise and challenging opportunities. And of course, the... Um, the requisite, uh, you know, educational opportunities as well. The Board of State and Community Corrections basically has unanimously now approved a delay on whether or not they would take over these juvenile hall facilities. But now the county has until the end of the month to either address the issues or lose oversight of them. Um, it's interesting because this isn't the first time this has happened. This state agency had previously declared that both the Barry J. Nydroff Juvenile Hall in Silmar and the Central Juvenile Hall in downtown L.A. were, quote, unsuitable for the confinement of youth. Uh, that happened in September of 21, and then the Central Juvenile Hall by itself in June of 2022. The county has attempted to evade an inspection at Central earlier in the year, and <laughs> This is how they solved the problem, or they thought they were going to solve the problem. They literally transferred all of the kids who were in that juvenile hall out of that central juvenile hall just days before the inspection was to take place. For crying out loud, uh, this is one area where I love to see faith organizations partnering with state and county organizations to make things happen. And if you are involved in a prison ministry or whatever and you'd like to get involved, I highly recommend you reach out to the Board of uh, State and County Corrections because it sounds like in Juvenile Hall, there are five Juvenile Hall facilities right now that if they aren't fixed within the next month, they will be shut down. And that creates more havoc for the other juvenile detention centers who would wind up inheriting these kids where it's tough enough, they're already maxed out as they were. So Father, please uh, raise up your, brother, your sons and daughters, actually, my brothers and sisters in Christ, to step in and stand in the gap. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious and powerful name. Amen. Maybe that is your path. Maybe that's the way God is calling you to go, uh, to serve in that type of ministry. Or maybe not. What is your path? Is there, are, are there four spiritual laws to follow? Is there a sinner's prayer to pray that would help you chart the path of your own faith journey? Uh, Pastor and author Ines Franklin with Mariner's Church right here in Irvine has written a new book, that would help you discover the uncharted path full of mystery and full of faith to your own unique faith journey. Her new book is called Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and six copies of this book that we're giving away today at 800-227-5278. Pastor Ines Franklin joins me next as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years? 
After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account, Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to get into a conversation that will really appeal to you. You have found yourself in your walk of faith and wondering, why does it feel like I have a hard time getting started or staying on course? Well, probably you're feeling unchartered. You're, you're, you're feeling like you're trying to navigate faith in a way that doesn't line up with some other people. And if that is the way your faith feels to you, shake hands with the rest of us. And joining us today here on the broadcast to talk about this phenomenon is Ines Franklin, who's pastor, Bible teacher, author, speaker, and podcaster. Uh, she's part of the teaching team at Mariner's Church right here in our own backyard, about a stone's throw away from uh, the Bottom Line Show Studios, uh, with a Master's in Divinity from Fuller Theological Seminary, and author of a brand new book with that title, Unchartered, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Ines Franklin, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. Talk about your ministry, because uh, for just a moment, before we get into the book, because I I'm intrigued with names and word origins and things of that nature. I've never heard of anyone using, is it Trochia or Trochia? I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that properly, but uh, it's a Christian discipleship ministry, but the name, especially with the Greek roots and everything, could take us in any number of a different direction. So how did you settle yes. on that one for years? So it's Trochia, like Trachia, Tro but Trochia. Okay, fair enough. And it is a Greek word. It's found only once in the Bible, the portions of the Bible that are written in Greek, and it's in Hebrews 12, 13, where it says, make level the paths for your feet so that the lame will not be disabled, but rather be healed. Mm. And I was so intrigued uh, by the word, but more importantly, by the passage. I, I got the word from the passage after I looked at the original language. And it's this beautiful picture that as believers, as Christians, we have the privilege and the responsibility to develop our own journey of faith and grow, not just for our benefit, but also for the benefit of others. Mm. That when we are on the right path or remain faithful on the path, we get healing, we get growth, we have we get blessings, but also others do as well. And mm. the writer of Hebrews is calling us to live out faithfully this journey of faith. And he calls us, make, make level the path. Make sure that you're on the right path and remain in it. Really, this is a common theme in scripture. Uh, Jude does this, right? Maybe not using the same language. Paul is constantly telling us to be, be, live a life worthy of the calling we have received. And so the writer of Hebrew does it, uses that word only once in the Bible. I thought it was cool. So I started Trochia Ministries in 2010. Really, I was in the middle of seminary. And I was learning so much. I was a new believer, actually, which is amazing how God works. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't stand it. I couldn't keep all that information to myself. So I wanted to share it. I wanted to grow and I wanted to help other people grow. And so I started this ministry as an effort to kind of really lock hands together and be committed to being faithful on a journey of faith. 
I think it's a fantastic story and testimony uh, from Ines Franklin today here on the bottom line, who's part of the teaching team at Mariners, and she's the author of this brand new book called Unchartered, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. It just came out, and it's getting nothing but five-star reviews. And I can understand why, Ines, because you're probably hearing from a lot of people who are saying, I'm so glad you kind of... Uh, encapsulated everything that you have been through and what we as Christians go through, because I think there's a tendency, it may be an American church thing, I'm not sure, but I'd love to get your take on this, with regard to the idea that there is a way to faith, and there is a path, and there is a formula, if you will, and it, it kind of, if we're not careful, it becomes the four spiritual laws and praying the sinner's prayer, and everyone's going to have the same course, but you just described a course that's unique to everybody, but beneficial for everyone at the same time. Talk, mm -hmm. talk, talk about that, if you would. Unpack that. Well, first of all, I want you to know I am guilty of the very thing that I write about. So I this calling to write my first book came to me two years into my journey of faith beginning. Mm -hmm. I think God could already sense that because I lived the first 40 years of my life my way, when I gave my life to Jesus, I just had this idea in my head that now that I was a Christian, my journey was going to be a certain way. It's all going mm -hmm. to be up and to the right. And all my decisions would be wiser. My relationships would be better. I would be healthier, safe, more blessed, everything. I wanted that linear path. And it began for me trying to understand this idea of discerning the will of God. I wanted to know the will of God so I could live that way and not live the way I did the first half of my life. Mm. I made a mess. I talk about that in my book. So many decisions that I deeply regret only because they caused me and other people so much pain. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to, I didn't want to live that way. So I started looking at this idea of discerning the will of God, but I didn't realize it until I was well in it, that I was looking for a formula. I was looking for a linear mm -hmm. path. I was looking right. for the easy way that would just be guaranteed to work out exactly the way that I thought it would work. And it took me 18 years to write the book. Mm. thankfully so, because I, every time I wrote, I just wasn't feeling like it was right. Yeah. I think God wanted to teach me that it is an uncharted path, that my journey doesn't look like someone else's, even though we have very similar uh, milestones that we all go into, actually equal milestones along the way. We don't hit them in the same way. We all have different things that we bring to the table, different experiences. And so I was comparing my journey to others, like that person, I want that journey. Mm -hmm. I want it to be like theirs. <laughs> yeah, right. And, or comparing myself to someone going, I don't want that. <laughs> so Yeah, sure. Uh, and, and God's going, no, no, no. I've got something very unique for you, Inez. And by the way, that's how I work as I study the Bible. I realize every person in the Bible has an uncharted journey. It doesn't, no one looks like somebody else. And it certainly doesn't look the way they expect it. And I have a long right. list of people who like, they had a totally different experience than maybe what we would think they should have. I, I'm smiling and resonating with what you're saying, especially how you know the the old expression it took you 18 years to become an overnight success, um, because that we see that happen in the, the entertainment world, or the business world, and we think, wow, they they really had to work hard. But in our faith journey, we we want it to be something that's almost immediate and using an older example of uh, something that I saw once on uh, television. I don't remember which channel it was on, but uh, the actor Grant Goodeve was on Eight is Enough all those years ago, uh, wound up coming to faith in Christ by watching the 700 Club. And he said, at the time, I was a chain smoker. I was an alcoholic. My life was in the toilet. I was living in a hotel because my marriage was falling apart. And so I, I prayed and I really felt the Holy Spirit come on me. I fell asleep. I woke up the next morning. I popped myself a beer and opened up a package of cigarettes. And I went, wait, it didn't work. 
you know, and he starts talking about what his discipleship journey was like in terms of, okay, how do you, you know, the sanctification is a process. Salvation happens instantaneously. Talk about one of the things you write about in the book, Ines, um, the Uncharted book, about knowing God's desires, because that's got to be huge. I mean, like you said, I was basically, you were taking, as a lot of us do, the way you handled your secular self and said, okay, I'm going to just kind of Christianize this and it's going to go a certain way. You really, you really kind of <laughs> have to get, yeah, you're saying, and you, you got to get to know God's desires. Talk, talk about why that's important and, and what that involves for us as Christians. Yes. So I could tell that this secularized way to live out my Christian faith was getting me nowhere. Right? Mm-hmm. I was getting frustrated and disappointed maybe even disillusioned because clearly I was trying to put on a formula over God that was never going to work. And what I realized was the more I try to control, the more I try to guarantee a certain outcome, the more I search for certainty, the way that I would in my own secular life, where I, 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 you know, I'm strategic and I look at all the possible outcomes and I, I try to do everything with the sense of what the future is going to look like because I'm trying to make the future happen the way I want it to happen. Sure. And when I do that, what I realized was I wasn't living out God's desires for me because mm. my desires, as big as it can be, I mean, I can, I can dream big. I'm ambitious. Mm-hmm. They are nothing compared, nothing compared to what God desires for me. The, the times when I did accept what I felt God was calling me to do, and sometimes in very small ways, anything from, gosh, I, I should probably text that person. You know, I haven't talked to her in a while. And then texting them and finding out that person was going through something and they, need, they needed me there that moment. Mm-hmm. Little ways and other times bigger ways. Right. The time I, I did trust God, not knowing the outcome, not having control of the future, I saw that what God had for me there was far more beautiful than yes. when I try to control the circumstances. Yes. And so it got me to thinking like, God, what other desires do you have for me that I'm getting in the way of experiencing? And I get it. Sometimes what God desires for us is going to take us through perhaps some suffering, some humbling experiences, some breaking. Yeah. God has broken some things in me in order to bring me the blessing he has for me. And I have now learned that that's actually good because we have a good loving God that cannot help but do good things for us. And if, if doing good means he has to take something away or doing good means he has to take us through an experience that you know, we, we, not, we would not choose ourselves, um, ultimately it will work out to the good even if I don't understand it at the time or even in my lifetime. And so I've learned that with control and with our desire for certainty, we literally blind ourselves to God's desires for us. And there are Mm. so many and so detailed, it would blow our minds. It's blowing my mind as I have tried to go on this journey, really seeking his desires versus my own. And it's not easy to do because it requires a lot of humility, a constant state of, okay, God, where am I trying to control again? Because it's a habit now for me of being a control freak. (laughs) And like any other habit, you have to work at it. Right. So. Well, we, we like to think of it more as a manager, not as a bunch of control <laughs> freak, but uh, uh, but I know, I know the feeling. I'm really resonating with this. It's a great book from Ines Franklin today here on The Bottom Line. Unchartered is the title, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Now that we've talked about some of the pratfalls and pitfalls that we can encounter when trying to 
differentiate between what was our will and what was God's will. Now the question is, well, how do we thrive? I mean, how do we, once we get on this, you know, begin to chart the uncharted course, uh, how do we know that we're thriving in it? We'll talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues in a moment. Don't believe your insurance company is looking out for you. They're not. They want you to call them after you're in an accident, but you shouldn't handle that alone. That's where Stephanie Cover of Cover Law shines. With 20 years of insurance industry experience, she knows all the angles and will fight for your rights. Insurance companies pretend to be your partner, but in reality, their primary goal is to pay you as little as possible. When you work with Cover Law, Stephanie becomes your negotiator, and the insurance companies must talk to her, not you. You need to rest and heal. Stephanie is different from other attorneys. She's fully invested in your legal, medical, financial, emotional, and spiritual needs. After an accident, you don't want to deal with insurance adjusters who want to minimize your payout. So don't wait. Contact Cabright's personal injury attorney today at cabrightradio.com slash coverlaw. You won't pay a dime to talk to someone who truly cares about your healing. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday here on The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Uh, great conversation with Pastor Ines Franklin. She is on the pastoral teaching team at Mariner's Church right here in Irvine. And her new book is called Unchartered, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I'm so grateful that Pastor Ines has uh, volunteered uh, to donate six copies of this new book to The Bottom Line. So basically, you want them? Give us a call, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, the book is called Unchartered by Pastor Ines Franklin for Mariner's Church right here in Irvine, and you will benefit from this book remarkably simply because of the fact that there is no cookie-cutter design, there is no um, you know one-size-fits-all formula, and oftentimes... We want to try to streamline and structure, and uh, and and give us you know the, the the here's the real deal you know with regard to uh, making this all happen for your faith. But the reality is there are certain similarities that we all have in our faith journey, but there is not one formula. You know, if you come to this class, if you read the Gospel of John, if you do all these things, I mean, when you look at the way Jesus described this process here, sometimes it's a woman touching the hem of his garment. Sometimes it was someone getting mud in his eye, John chapter 9, I believe, where the man born blind. Sometimes it involves a physical healing, but how many times did Jesus also in this moment say, your sins are forgiven, now take up your mat and walk, or go wash in the pool, or whatever it is. Sometimes it involves baptism. I think baptism is the way God ordains it, and yet at the same time for the thief on the cross who, who basically made his profession of faith and demonstrated that the Holy Spirit was alive and present in his life, Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. So it doesn't always look the same for everyone, but the end result is still the same and the path unchartered, navigating your unique journey of faith. That's our topic of conversation during this half hour. We'll take a quick break and continue the dialogue with Pastor Ines Franklin in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. 
Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Ines Franklin is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. The brand new book is called Uncharted, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. Ines Franklin is a pastor, Bible teacher, author, speaker, and podcaster, currently serving as a teaching pastor at Mariner's Church in Southern California. And uh, she and uh, her husband live in uh, right here in our own backyard. And uh, next time we get together, Ines, for sure, we're going to have to do this yes. in the same studio. You know, the, the, the Zoom to Zoom is is working quite nicely. In this book, uh, you you talk about the, the many ways that we as believers begin to realize that sometimes if we're not careful, and you're um, staff at a church too, so you know how easy it is to kind of fall into that trap of saying, well, we're going to have a new members class and a discern your spiritual gifts class. And, you know, it, it almost becomes formulaic. What you're telling us is there is a plan, but it's kind of a plan spontaneity to the outside world because it's between you and God. I mean, in terms of the course that he's charting for you. And I know there are a lot of people who walk with a lot of our listeners have been walking with the Lord for a long time. You hit your 50s, 60s and 70s. And all of a sudden, a couple of things happen and it kind of knocks you off course. And you begin to wonder, well, maybe, you know, did I have this wrong or maybe I was heading in the wrong direction? Take a couple of moments here, if you would, Ines, and help us to understand why it's important for us to not try to do this on our own, to travel in community, and also to really understand what it means to thirst for God and to seek what his will is, even as you've been walking with him for many, many years, and you might find yourself all of a sudden saying, you know, that nagging feeling, did the GPS go out? <laughs> Am I on the wrong street? Am I anywhere close to where I'm supposed to be? That type of thing. Yes. So good. So good. Well, yes. In my book, I say that God doesn't want uh, a formula that our faith journey is not a formula, but it's a relationship. Yeah. And with any relationship, we all know that relationships have their journeys, their ebbs and flows. Sometimes we feel close. Sometimes we feel distant mm -hmm. and it does require us to pay attention to it, to, to nurture it. Um, and so one, one of the aspects of this idea of thriving by thirsting for God is this posture of constantly wanting to nurture that relationship. Because as we do, we then grow in our understanding of God's desires for us. We get to experience God's presence with us, which then helps us overcome any obstacle that we deal with, any seasons of drought, any seasons of doubts, any seasons where we feel disconnected from God. His presence and our connection with him is what's going to carry us through. Even when if we feel distant, he will help us overcome any obstacle. And then, and then we have to be obedient. Oh man, I have a whole section of my book about obedience and mm. I'm sure this is going to be the, the least favorite portion of the book. And yet <laughs> I think it's the most important. Eugene Peterson yeah. wrote a whole book on obedience, right? A long obedience in the same direction. And I was trying to make sure I captured some of that in my book. And one of those is this idea of being in community because when we, we can borrow on each other's faith, sometimes we have to ride somebody else's faith because we're in a season where maybe we feel dry and someone else's encouragement 
and where they're experiencing hope and God's presence can be an encouragement to us. And we can do the same for them. Not only that, people can help hold us accountable. So while the journey of faith is unique to each and every one of us, and God is working in our lives very specifically to us, it's never meant to be just me and God kind of a thing. God works through people. He really does. He speaks through us through people. He encourages us through people. He challenges us. He sharpens us. And so we have to do both with God and with others. That's God's design. And we have to be obedient to that. Not, not because obedience is going to earn our love, God's love for us. We're not earning our salvation. That is a done deal given. Jesus said it is Amen. finished. Mm -hmm. But because it is through obedience that we get to practice what we say we believe. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Why? Because it means it's not good for us when we're not being obedient to God. It actually harms us more than anything mm. and others, true. Amen. Ines Franklin is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, pastor at, uh, at Mariner's Church here in Irvine and author of the brand new book called Unchartered, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. One of the chapters you have toward the end, we were talking about the, the, the thirsting for God and how that leads us to thrive. It's got to be one that will probably, I, I love the way you described your obedience section. I, I, I think of people with their highlighters and their markers, you know, marking things up and you're probably thinking, well, those will be the cleaner pages of this, you know, the, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no one's going to want to mark that stuff up. But the one chapter I think people would want to just rip right out is the one where you talk about how certainty, the things that we're looking for, those God, give me a sign, light bolt in the sky, big red arrow, something like that. You say certainty actually hinders growth. Talk about what you mean yes. by that. Yes. When we reach destination, quote unquote, that we think we're supposed to get at, yeah. whatever the destination is, whether it's a certain level of maturity in Christ or is a certain lifestyle or a certain, say, community experience, if we think, oh, I've arrived, then we have stopped growing. We yeah. have a God. I mean, Jesus said, oh, my gosh, I have so much more to teach you. So much more. There's so much more God wants to teach us until our very last breath. And so if we reach certainty, we stop growing. We are now actually atrophying. We're doing the opposite of growing. And so in that chapter, I'm really calling us to be in this lifelong, no, eternity long learning posture. This constant teachability and humility before the Lord, knowing that we have never learned enough. We have, we're not there yet. As Paul says, I, I haven't finished. I'm still growing. And so we're, we're running this race and I want to run this race to my last breath every single day growing in Christ. And I don't want to hit that certainty button because mm -hmm. I know if I do, I'm not growing. And mm. by the way, it is the most popular chapter so far. <laughs> really? Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I'm glad it's having that result instead of the one that I proposed, because uh, I can see where <laughs> some people say, wait, I don't want something that's going to hinder my... Well, okay. I, I understand that. Ines Franklin is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Unchartered is the name of the book, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Ines, we have about two minutes left in our conversation here. And there are people who are listening to this right now who are at various stages. We have some people who are just coming to faith later in life. My wife and I met a, uh, a couple not too long ago at the dog park of all places, they came to faith in their forties and I his mom that. came and his mom came to faith at 98 and lived to be oh. 102. I mean, so it, I, the, the, it. I, I do too, because they haven't worked in youth ministry for a number of years. They, well, you know, if they haven't made a decision by their 18, that statistically that's not going to happen. I'm not hearing that at all, but I also get the sense that there are people in our audience, especially who would pick up your book and say, I'm looking for a rebirth. I'm looking for a rebirth 
focus yeah. or a reset. Talk to that person uh, in the final yes. moment here about why this is such an important concept to get. In fact, the book, if I were going to summarize in a very simple phrase, is going from control to commitment. Mm, and that can happen early in our journey of faith mm-hmm. or 50, 60, 70 years, 80 years into our journey of faith. Yes. Meeting is a daily rhythm. The book is written like a rhythm in that we're constantly daily recommitting ourselves to the Lord. Today, t- today, the minute we wake up, Lord, I'm going to follow your desires instead of my own. Help me follow your desires instead of my own. Show me where I need to be obedient. Lord, help me overcome my struggles. Help me thirst for you more. It's a posture of our hearts. And so that's my desire for the book. And so, yes, it doesn't matter how old you are, how long you've been a Christian. I think this book is for you. And I wrote it in such a way that it feels like we're having a conversation because I want you to know I am reading my own book. I've actually read my book now (laughs) five times and I'm reading it again because this is something we all need all the time. Oh, I love it. I love it. What was it? Martin Luther said, you know, the reason I preach the gospel so often is because I need to hear it first. You know, yes. and that's yes. let's let's not forget that ever. Uh, Ines Franklin, teaching pastor at Mariner's Church, an outstanding new book that's up at the bottomlineshow.com. Unchartered, navigating your unique journey of faith. There's a link for the book up there as well. Ines, thank you so much for the work that you've done, and thank you for your time today here on the Bottom Line. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I hope it blesses you. Great conversation with pastor and author Ines Franklin on the teaching team at Mariner's Church here in Irvine. The brand new book is called Unchartered, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and six copies of this book that we're giving away right now, 800-227-5278, That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. We're going to take a quick break and keep it local here as we continue on the other side of this break. Uh, Apostle Chris Estevez is going to join me from uh, Lifeway Church here in Rancho Cucamonga to talk about an event that's coming up at their congregation uh, at the end of this month and the end of next month as well. Let's get into that conversation next as the bottom line continues. Well, today here on the bottom line, a special guest joining us to talk about a special event and a couple of resources as well. Uh, Pastor Chris Estevez is my guest. He is the senior pastor at Lifeway Church in Rancho Cucamonga, uh, my granddad's hometown. And we've got a link for lifewaychurch.org up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Chris Estevez, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you today, Roger. Well, how was your Easter? Did you guys serve? How was Resurrection Day? Was it exciting? Are you worn out? <laughs> uh, no, not worn out. Uh, still actually uh, pretty uh, excited, uh, enjoying the residue of the uh, joyful jubilation of our Love Lord it. and Savior. It's always it. great. Well, it's exciting, too, because when you think about the afterglow period, sometimes in the world that we're living in right now, afterglow doesn't last very long because one day's headline is that what the old expression is tomorrow's fish wrapper. You know, it, it kind of moves so very, very quickly. So it's nice when you can kind of bask in that and, and kind of enjoy that a little bit. Talk about Lifeway Church. For those who are, in, especially in the Inland Empire, who may not be familiar with your, your ministry, talk about how the church has come into being and, and how you became the pastor. Well, uh we have been here uh, located in uh, Rancho Cucamonga in particular since 2001. Okay. And uh, we originally uh, started, uh, believe it or not, in a school. And after uh, uh, being in the school, we then, uh, in, which was in Roland Heights, we moved to a facility in Pomona, outgrew it, and mm-hmm. then uh, we moved here to Rancho Cucamonga, uh, originating in 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, 
started off uh, again in the school here in Rancho. We moved to a shopping center, and then we built uh, a facility uh, from ground up here on five acres uh, in Rancho Cucamonga across from Red Hill Park. Love and it. Uh, we've enjoyed being here. We're now uh, in the process of starting opening up our school for registration, which will be in August. And, Excellent. Uh, yeah, we, we, we've enjoyed a great relationship with both the neighbors, the community, uh, the city. Uh, we have uh, helped develop the disaster preparedness plan for our community, along with the city and other faith-based and community-based organizations. Uh, we enjoy um, participating, and uh, we have food programs, uh, we have outreach programs. We're a very, very uh, community-based and outreach-based ministry. I love it, and I get yeah, and we we really we relish that. That's that's yeah. the core of our ministry, uh, going outside the wall, sharing Jesus Christ. Pastor Chris Estevez is my guest today here on the Bottom Line, the pastor of Lifeway Church in Rancho Cucamonga. We've got a link for their website, lifewaychurch.org, up at thebottomlineshow.com, 7477 Vineyard Avenue in Rancho Cucamonga. And I, I love the, the fruitfulness story, Pastor Chris. I mean, the idea that starting out relatively small and modest, if you will, and continuing to grow and continuing to grow and continuing to grow to where now five acres seems like, well, that's just the next step in the growth. Isn't it nice to see the fruitfulness that God has blessed your ministry with over the years? Yeah, we've built several buildings on our uh, facility, and we've outgrown it, and we're actually looking for more space as we're involved in uh, many other uh, outreach programs or citizen reentry programs, uh, uh, battered women programs, and so forth. And uh, and it's really exciting. Uh, I'm actually uh, in a process of setting our succession plan in uh, order. Not that I'll, I will personally go anywhere, but I do believe that it's time to uh, not just prepare our next generations, but to actually uh, give them uh, a place at the table and, and to be able to uh, watch their vision uh, be enhanced by our dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to the website, one of the first things that grabs us as well is that uh, this year you have a couple of events that are coming up, one coming up in April here that we'll be a part of, and also another one coming up in May for men and women. Talk about your men's conference that's coming up April, April 28th and 29th. It looks like it's going to be a great event. Oh, Roger, we're so excited. Uh, we are actually uh, planning uh, uh, on our men's day, uh, the twenty, I believe it's the 27th and 28th, and uh, of this month. It's a Friday, the last Friday and Saturday of this month. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, manhood and, and uh, helping to uh, fortify and to um, uh, navigate and help guide our young men into manhood. And uh, we're going to actually, through that, uh, do some teaching to encourage our men of all ages as well as address some uh, family issues. We always start with the man and move through the family. Uh, that, I believe, is the core of the church. Uh, I believe it's us who come to the church that make up the church. But one of the things I'm really particularly excited about, uh, Roger, is something we'll be implementing this year for a one-year program. We'll be starting a uh, rite of passage program. Mm. Uh, and we're opening this up to young men as young as 12 years old, all the way Excellent. to 21. Mm-hmm. And we're going to uh, uh, pair them with uh, peers and mentors for one year to navigate them all the way through uh, biblical conduct to actually 
helping them uh, in the last quarter of that rite of passage to uh, set a plan uh, as to where they're going to go to the college, whether they're going to go to the military, whether they're going to go to vo vocational school, what their pursuits in life. And, of course, in that we'll also be talking about uh, finding that woman who will truly be a good thing and you might obtain the favor of the Lord. And mm -hmm. that is something I found through counseling in many years of I actually uh, on a side note, uh, developed the first African-American counseling center here in Rancho Cucamonga. Excellent. Which is equipped, yeah, which is equipped with psychologists, uh, psychiatrists, and a clinical uh, base to mm. uh, 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 give counseling. And we've done that now for 12 years. And wow. really excited about that. <clears throat> but I believe that our young men uh, uh, will be given the opportunity uh, to uh, get some counseling, some support, some guidance that is so needed in today. And we'll be duplicating these very efforts, Roger, next month with our women's conference. Mm. So we're excited about that as well. Okay, well, we've got the link for both dates up at thebottomlineshow.com and also at kbrightradio.com. And, of course, kbright's going to be a, a part of both of these events. And we're very grateful uh, to have some time with Pastor Chris Estevez to talk about them. Again, just mark down the final Friday and Saturday of April for the men, the final Friday and Saturday of May for the women. And uh, we've got that link for lifewaychurch.org up at kbrightradio.com and thebottomlineshow.com. You also have a Mother's Day event coming up that I think is really a great idea. Talk about that because that sounds like a, a wonderful thing for mom or for the moms in your world. Talk about what you guys have planned for that. Well, both my wife and I will be participating on that date. And uh, my wife will be encouraging the women and I'll be encouraging them as well. But all of the uh, men are pretty much a great deal of the men through our men's group at the church will be uh we'll actually be serving them breakfast uh serving nice. the brunch that day to the women mm -hmm. so we'll be serving our women uh, uh on that day letting them know uh, they're appreciated and how much we truly do thank them for their efforts and all that they do and i know it's only one day we're doing it but it's something i believe that they deserve each and every day and uh we're going to take a particular uh time to encourage uh, the mothers who are uh, at home raising children, which I think is the greatest occupation in all of the world. Amen. And uh, we're going to uh, also uh, just encourage them all the way uh, to the uh, elders in our church, the elderly women, and, and uh, just let them know that we're there and uh, let them know the ways that we're there for them, uh, mm -hmm. not just in words and deeds, but also in services and, and letting them know that we're here for them if they need assistance, be it uh, going to the doctors all the way to house plumbing that we're there to help them out. I think that's wonderful. And it's nice to see. I, I love hearing a couple of recurring themes as we talk with Apostle Chris Estevez from Lifeway Church uh, that the church is, is specializing in, in terms of uh, the community, you know, reaching out to the community with the love of Christ in tangible ways, because oftentimes we, we get kind of hung up maybe on the way the church we think should be doing it, you know, come to a Bible study, come to a prayer meeting. But oftentimes, you know, what, where we really see the love of Christ first played out is we look at the Gospels and you see Jesus <clears throat> healing someone, you know, someone casting away some kind of sinfulness from them. I mean, it's it's a very practical, tangible need. And and I appreciate that. And also your commitment to the family, uh, Pastor Chris. Talk about that, because we're talking about men and women and moms and dads and husbands and wives and parents and children and grandparents, I mean, extended generation. There's been such an assault on the family and the culture. 
Um, and you are taking a firm stand saying this is the biblical mandate, this is the biblical worldview, and we're here for it. I mean, for, for lack of a better way of describing it, talk about why that message is so important to preach to the community in Rancho Cucamonga and beyond. I think, Roger, um, that is the church. Uh, just this past Resurrection Day, uh, I spoke on the subject of He's Risen, but our subtopic was a strange love. And we talked mm -hmm. about how Jesus uh, uh, offered us a love, a love that was strange to the world's love and to the world's affections and how the world treated mankind, the agape love of God. And I think when we looked at it uh, from a biblical standpoint, that is the resurrection, uh, we have to begin first in Genesis all the way through the Bible. And family was a core. Uh, the whole reason God chose Adam and Eve is because he wanted a family, but not just a family to say he had a family, but to truly share, share that strange love that the world would know not. Uh, and so Jesus, when he came, uh, you know, he healed people for free. He delivered them for free. He fed them for free. Uh, he operated through a standpoint of generosity, just as a family should one with another. And I think that the church is a macrocosm of the microcosm of the family. And I believe that uh, we're living in a day and age that while times have changed, the love of God has not. Amen. And I think when you show people love and you show them love and give to those that cannot even give back to you, we demonstrate the true love and the mission of Jesus, which is to share the gospel. And I think we can replace that word gospel in its totality, which is the love of God. Pastor Chris Estevez is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. LifewayChurch.org is the website where you'll find information about the upcoming men's conference, the final weekend in April, also the upcoming women's conference, the final weekend in May, and of course, Mother's Day and that Mother's Day breakfast that's going to be coming up on May the 13th. Uh, Pastor Chris, in your spare time, and I'm chuckling to myself because you have so many things going on at Lifeway Church, I don't know how you have any spare time, but I also understand you have a book that you've recently published. Talk about that if you would. Yes, uh, I've been blessed to published quite a few books, but one of uh, our most recent books we've published uh, is called Principles. It's entitled Principles of Faith, and it talks about how to put our faith from a very, very uh, uh, basic and a very practical standpoint, uh, just as Jesus would, as our ultimate uh, personification of God's example to us in so many ways. And it was actually birthed out of a book that I had wrote uh, um, earlier uh, last year, and uh, well, actually completed and released it late last year, which was based upon kings and priests. Mm. And I think that is the, the call of Jesus uh, and the call of you and I as believers and Christians. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, the Word of God says, He who is the first faithful begotten of the dead have begotten unto himself kings and priests. And that's what we are. And as we act in a priestly role and we act in a kingly role by faith, and that is trusting God to be that king, trusting God to be that type of priest. And when we do that, I think God is pleased because we then cast our cares upon him and we live a life of uh, care, not carefree, uh, but not uh, uh riddled with burdens and, and, and a lot of things that this world has transferred onto society. Right. And it's a shame, I believe, Roger, that we have taken this thing up through social media, through uh, 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 the world's ways and the world's interests and the world's conduct, and we have 
somehow caused ourselves to be misguided by misinformation. And we mm-hmm. just need to get back to that those core values of faith. Well, we will have a link for that book and the other resources available from the church up at thebottomlineshow.com, as well as at kbrightradio.com as well. Uh, Pastor Chris Estevez, thank you so much for the work that you're doing to serve Rancho Cucamonga and the entire Inland Empire and all of Southern California with Lifeway Church. The Lifeway Church campus is at 7477 Vineyard Avenue in Rancho Cucamonga and the website lifewaychurch.org. We encourage you to be at the men's conference the last weekend in April and the women's conference the last weekend in May and all that information is up at uh, lifewaychurch.org, which is tagged up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Chris Estevez, thanks so much for being with us today here on The Bottom Line Show. Great to get to meet you. Thank you, Roger. Well, great conversation. And as I mentioned, lifewaychurch.org is up at thebottomlineshow.com. And Apostle Chris Estevez's invitation is still available to you uh, to uh, go to the men's event coming up the 28th and 29th of this month or the women's event at the month uh, at the end of the month of May. More of that information is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Some final thoughts in just a moment as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Apostle Chris Estevez from Lifeway Church in Rancho Cucamonga for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Uh, the Kings and Priests website is up at thebottomlineshow.com, the Kings and Priests Men's Conference coming April 28th and 29th. There's still time for you to register. You can go online at thebottomlineshow.com and sign up. Also, still taking your calls for a few moments more on Pastor Inez Franklin's book, Unchartered, Navigating Your Unique Journey of Faith. the number to get you through to the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. And Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, coming up next for you. For those who remain on the network, my monthly visit with uh, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, Greg Harris, coming up next as the bottom line continues. From the studios of KBRT Los Angeles, the flagship affiliate of the Bottom Line Show, I'm Roger Marsh, uh, talking this week, or what well, is our monthly check-in, with Greg Harris, the president and CEO through the Bible. TTB.org is where you find them online, and you can also find their app at their website and in Google Play or the App Store. Greg Harris, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Great to be with you, Roger. I love the ministry of through the Bible, and one of the things that I really do appreciate about the ministry is you know, oftentimes when you see a ministry that has the kind of global footprint that Through the Bible does, it's because they're running an orphanage or they've got a big church somewhere or they've kind of deputized pastors. I mean, there are a lot of, of so-called mega churches here in Southern California, ones that you've even been a part of, Greg Harris, that um, have done that. You know, they have uh, our churches in, you know, Pakistan or, you know, wherever they are. Mm-hmm. And, and Through the Bible has taken such a one-to-one approach that it's not surprising to me that the home group ministry, of through the Bible has really taken off, especially not just with the pandemic. It was growing even before that. Talk about that, if you will. Yeah, and, and we, we've we talked in prior months, uh, and hopefully we'll encourage people to go back and listen to or watch, I think we did some on video, where we talked about our philosophy of ministry, and it's this uh, open-handed approach. I called it peripatetic or wandering around. You called it uh, organized chaos. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it, it, it seems... Uh, to be uh, sort of counterintuitive, but when you say to the Lord, you just go through your life and say, I will do whatever you want, Lord. It's amazing how he will show you what to do. And I hope you can take that, all of you who are listening can take that for your own life, whatever you're dealing with. If you say to God, maybe you say, well, he's not showing me. Well, I would challenge you. Maybe you're not really willing because he's not going to show you if you're not willing. 
Um, but now I've gone to preaching. Okay. And you didn't invite me to do that, but um, <laughs> anytime, anytime. Yeah. <laughs> but, but listen, you know, you know, this, my friend, I say this to all our friends, this really, this is a great way to live your life uh, with the Lord. If you really will do what he wants, he will show you and you'll have more to do than you'll know what to, to you won't have time. And that's exactly what we experienced. Now, let me tell you about the genesis of these home groups. Back in 2012, so more than 10 years ago, I was just visiting India, kind of seeing the radio ministry, etc. And the leader of the ministry, we sat down, had some tea, and we're talking. And he said, you know, we're so grateful that Through the Bible has uh, translated and broadcast 27 Indian languages, the five-year cycle um, he said, I want to take through the Bible and get it into more than 100 new languages. And I said, wow. I said, what does that look like? And he said, well, right now I think we'll take like six books of the Bible in some of these small languages and we'll translate them and, and, we'll, and we'll maybe have people join in groups. Uh, and, and I said, okay, what do you want from me? Do you want money? And he said, no, no, we're going to raise all the money in India and, uh, and, and, and we'll talk later. So three years later, I'm back in India and he starts telling me stories about these groups and the progress they're making. And I, I said, listen, if we funded just the production and the training and then you do everything else in India, would that accelerate it? And he said, yes. Well, Roger, we this year we are celebrating being in a total of 150 languages in India mm. because of those conversations. OK, wow. Wow. Yes. Now we have. By the grace of God, in India alone, we have over 12,000 registered home groups that are listening to through the Bible in these 150 languages. Okay? Mm, <laughs> and yeah. and wh what's really exciting is the, the stories that come out of, uh, out of these. Um, let, let me tell you one story that just has always made such an impact on me. There was a, there was a man in a village... And there, there are hundreds of thousands of villages in India. I forget what the number is, but it's, it's a huge number. And there were 900 people that lived in this village, and he was what they called the head man. Now, I've traveled to some of these smaller villages, and you may have done this in your travels. And it's amazing how people basically organize themselves, even when they're in a small village. And it's basically like the mayor. This is the guy that everybody looks to and says, hey, you know, you're, Roger, you're the head man. We're going to follow your lead, okay? So this man was the head man of a village of 900 people. His son started having some kind of physical problems. I think it might have been like a epileptic seizures. He was having major problems. And he went to the witch doctors and he went to the shaman. And, of course, nothing uh, healed his son. And somebody said to him, hey, I heard about a group of Christians that lives about uh, 50 kilometers. That's about 30 miles away from here. Uh, and I've heard that they will pray for anyone who asks them to, okay? And this man, he said, well, then I'm going to take my son to this group. Now, what I don't know, Roger, is if he had to go on a mule or a donkey or he walked or whether he had a car. But 30 miles is a long way away in, when you live in a remote part of India. He took his son to this group. This was a TTB home group where every week they listen to Dr. McGee's systematic teaching. They, they worship. They pray, and then they reach out to the community. They prayed for this man, and his son was healed. And the man after that said, well, I'm going to go back to my village. All 900 people in my village are now going to be in these TTB home groups. Mm. 
Wow. You know, I wonder, Greg Harris is with me with, from Through the Bible today here on the bottom line. And I wonder, Greg, as you share these stories, these letters with us, I wonder how many people are looking around. I mean, I think of the, the average size of the American church and how at least 80% of churches have under 100 people. And think about the kind mm-hmm. of outreach that they long to have. And I know when Lisa and I, uh, we moved about a year and a half ago and moved into a new community. And I can assure you that I have been contacted by exactly none of the churches in the area. Mm. I mean, they've realized, and yeah. this is a huge development, hundreds of homes, all these yep. new families moved in here, and there's been not one. Now, it may have been an association thing, but it's amazing how that each one reach one mentality, especially with the home groups, has been so effective for through the Bible in different countries and different cultures and different languages. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and this is such, well, Dr. McGee actually said this. Uh, he actually says this in his teaching at certain points. He says the church at the beginning of the church age, the church began in the home. And he believed that by the end of the age that the church would be back in the home. And I know some of your guests, you talk politics, you and I aren't going to get go down that road. But but I think it's not an unthinkable reality that the church in the United States might end up going underground someday. Uh, and and that we might get kicked off the air. And we want to have models like these home groups to serve anyone in the world who wants to study the Word of God systematically. Yeah. I, I'm so impre- impressed with the ministry of Through the Bible, and, and I know that our bottom line listeners like listening to uh, the ministry and also watching, too. Greg, we haven't really touched on your television ministry all that yeah. much. I know a lot of people don't think too much about it, but I'd love to get into that. Hey, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, I give you a little more chance to kind of stretch out and uh, talk about some of the things that are happening TV-wise, but also hear some more of those great letters, because I know you've got stacks and stacks, because <laughs> I can't see them. Doesn't I can hear them in yes. your studio right now, <laughs> and we're going to get to them. Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, is with me today here on The Bottom Line, ttb.org. More of our conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Greg Harris is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, and I do not mind at all the fact that we have the opportunity to uh, devote uh, a, a half hour every month on The Bottom Line show to just hanging out with Greg and talking about the ministry of Through the Bible ttb.org is where you find all things through the bible and and i before the break i i teased the fact that we don't always talk about the television ministry that through the bible has but there is a through the bible television ministry and i can honestly say we know um it's not dr mcgee old black and white tv you know pounding from the pulpit i mean it's very new it's very contemporary and it's very international too. talk about that 
Yeah, well, it started 10 years ago when I had an opportunity uh, to pilot uh, an Arabic TV with a, a, a man I trusted I implicitly because he had been the voice of Dr. McGee on Arabic radio back in the 90s. And then I said to him, what what should we be doing to be more effective in the Middle East? And he said, Greg, there, there are satellite TV dishes everywhere in the Middle East. And then later I traveled and I took pictures and it literally is a sea of, of satellite TV dishes in the Middle East. And that led us into Arabic TV. And that led us into another seven uh, languages of TV with that particular ministry. But then recently, our ministry in India, Roger, we have moved off of radio. And now our ministry is all audiovisual. It's either TV, satellite TV, or YouTube. Um, or uh, or these home groups that we were talking about in our last segment together. And the thing about the, the, the video that's important is people, particularly younger people, want video. Uh, they want to see something while they're listening. All of us that have younger people in our lives know that people are, younger people are glued to their mobile devices and they want to watch something, right? They don't want to just yeah. hear it. And and I do have, I, I want to make sure I, we share just some of the amazing letters. And I do have, as you know, I always have a big stack of letters. But this one actually came from the uh, the Indian, uh, the Tamil version of a video that that was aired on YouTube. And it said, my husband and I were struggling to make ends meet when an opportunity opened up for me to be a caretaker for a child in Dubai. After three months in Dubai, the family I worked for refused to allow me to return to India. They became increasingly abusive, and as a result, I became depressed and hopeless. It was at this time that a friend of mine shared a link for the Vida Arachi program, which is through the Bible in Tamil. The episode was on Job and how the Lord restored his losses when he interceded for his friends. I was convicted by the message and started praying for others who, like me, were stuck abroad and unable to go home. Miraculously, two days later, the very people that were restricting me made all the necessary arrangements for me to travel back home. I was able to return home safely, and now I have a great burden for those who are stuck in unfortunate circumstances like I was. I regularly intercede for them. Mm, mm, love that. Powerful testimony. And it's so nice to to hear that and to 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 have that i mean in a, in a day and age where people just kind of do drive-by bloggings and postings and and literally try to win the internet with their comments it's nice to hear something like that coming directly from the heart and uh and and, and so poignantly and tenderly written to greg well and, and roger what's also important about that is that the medium by putting things in video it means you can put them on youtube and yeah uh, youtube is regularly uh, ranked as the number two place behind just behind Google it is the number two place in the on the internet where people go for information so if somebody says how can I know God uh, or they type in their language like Tamil that they they're gonna the first place they'll do it is on Google the second place is on YouTube and we want to be there and this this demonstrates how the the one weakness of traditional broadcasting that you and I have been a part of, and it's very powerful even today, radio uh, is very, very powerful, but it has a footprint, right? Yeah, and if, yeah. if you're not in that footprint, you're going to have to hear it some other way. Now, we have podcasting, which is awesome, but we also have uh, YouTube, and that, that 
just that testimony shows that power. This woman is in Dubai. She's locked in by her employers, and yet she can get through the Bible in Tamil. You know, it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned that part of the world, and I realize that oftentimes we think of the places that through the Bible goes, Greg Harris, as, you know, kind of being far off and remote and desolate and, you know, isolationist. And yet Dubai, I mean, when you hear about that, that's a whole different ball game, isn't it? I mean, that yes. seems like when I think of Dubai, I think of opulence and, and uh, you know, and, and, and the type of uh, faith journey that just seems to worship self and worship culture. And so the idea that through the Bible is having an influence there is very, very hard, uh, hard encouraging. I was going to say it, yeah. it does yeah. my heart good you know, to hear that more than anything else. Well, and that's if you if you could see the pile of letters that I have in front of me and the different places that we don't even have time. I mean, I, I'm just holding a couple sheets of paper and I've got letters from Southern Asia, Punjab, which is in the northern part of India, Karnataka, which is in India, Assam, which is another part of India, Cameroon, West Africa, Myanmar, Indonesia, Canada, California, uh, Banjara, which is also in India, Mexico, Ohio. Serbia, Portugal, Italy. And if there's one thing I hope everybody hearing our voices feels right now is be encouraged, friends. The word of God is not chained, as it says in First Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. And Paul wrote that when he was in prison. You know, uh, we may feel that our culture is chaining the word of God and and we all know the challenges and, and what it's doing. But let me tell you something. I'm here to tell you the word of God is not chained. Amen. Amen. It's, it, it, and all we have to do, this is the beautiful thing. I think John MacArthur was the first one I heard use this phrase, but I'm sure it's been used many times in many places. All we have to do is unleash it. We don't have to try yeah. to control it. You know, just let it go where it's going to go and let it do what it's going to do and how uh, and how powerful that is. I'm talking with Greg Harris today here on The Bottom Line. Greg is the president and CEO of Through the Bible. TTB.org is where you find Greg online and where you find the ministry online, the ministry of Dr. McGee the different apps, the television ministry, and the letters that you keep receiving. Greg, let's, can we dive back into your yeah. letter pile for just a moment, get to another one? Okay, yeah, go. there's and there's the problem I have is there's just so many, and they're so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, here's, here's one from Portugal. Uh, I am lonely. I mean, Roger, how often do we know that people, media comforts people when they're lonely, and, and yet... It's not just the television being a voice. It's actually the word of God. So this this uh, woman continues. Sometimes I care for my son who had a stroke, but most of the time it's just me. I was from another church my entire life. Now, you know, we know if she's from Portugal, she's probably from a very traditional uh, high church. And and she didn't know the Lord through that uh, through that experience. It, she got religion, but she didn't know the Lord. She says, my husband got to know Jesus through you, and I eventually did too. My husband passed away a few years ago, but I've stayed close to God and continued to go to church. They used to come and get me, but after the pandemic, they never came again. So my fellowship is what I do with you. I can only thank you for being my church now. I'm 88 years old, but I'm still steady and working here in the field. <laughs> Think about that. This woman is a farmer at 88. Thank you for being my company. Mm. Mm. It's encouraging, isn't it, to, to be that companion, to be that. I mean, I always think of our medium as that way, a very companionship-driven thing. But uh, uh, to hear more and more people sharing that, that's very, very encouraging, Greg. I mean, share another letter with us, if you would. We've got a whole bunch of time here for your letter. Okay. 
uh, let's go while we're in Portugal. Let's go not far away to Italy, which is a place of very, very hard place for the gospel. We we do not get lots of response, but um, but th- this this one comes from our digital ministry, and this shows what you and I have been talking about in most of our conversations, which is by getting things on the digital platforms, literally anyone, anytime, anywhere can potentially find them. And it's up to the Holy Spirit to do the hard work and the heavy lifting of connecting people with our content. And this this uh, is from Italy. I searched the Internet and found your programs. Little by little, my crisis passed, and I accepted the truth. Thank you for helping me understand the Bible and what God wants from me. I appreciate you don't tell us what to believe. You take us to God's word that tells us. The legitimate truth is all I want from now on. Mm. Wow. <laughs> How many people are praying that prayer right now and hearing that letter, you know, articulating the, the cry of their heart? I mean, that, that's the thing that there it's so individualized. It's so personalized. And yet you begin to realize that it's also so universal, especially in the world that we're living in right now, Greg Harris. How, how's it been for you traveling again? I mean, I, I know that over the past couple of years, we've always had to work around your travel schedule. Then that yeah. big C thing happened. And, and, and now you're back in planes again. What, what's it like as you're getting out and meeting people again? Well, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's sort of strange because, you know, the effects of the pandemic are, are still out there lingering. Um the the actual experience of traveling is is continuing to get worse and worse. I mean, it's you know there the flight cancellations are becoming the norm. Um, I was in uh, Switzerland uh, the not long ago, and and uh, you know I thought, well, I'm in Switzerland. You know, nothing can go wrong, and I'm going to connect through London. You know, this these are these are very well organized places, and uh, it ended up taking me about forty hours uh, to get home because of flight cancellations and rebooking and. Uh, I just had some of my team members come back from Bosnia and they had a similar story. So, yeah, I think the pandemic is lingering in terms of the air travel and so forth. They 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 cut way back and everything's overbooked. And I think anybody who travels has experienced this. But but it's exciting to be back out there again and rubbing shoulders with our ministry partners. How is it different? Uh, I think there is a I think that everybody we work with saw the hand of God during the pandemic and saw Mm -hmm. the power of media. You and I were talking about these home groups. You know, God, God gave us and our partners the idea for home groups before the pandemic. Right. You remember when we've had some of our conversations on our philosophy of ministry and Mm -hmm. I always start with. We're not that smart and we don't have the strategic plan. Well, there it is, because I couldn't foresee a a global pandemic, but God did. Um, I heard an amazing story from the man that started these home groups, George Phillip, who uh, was the CEO of Transil Radio India, but has now retired and is actually working directly with Through the Bible in South Asia. He told me, uh, I don't know if you remember this, a couple of years ago, there there was a big story in Kashmir. Uh, and and basically the country locked down overnight. And um, I remember uh, hearing a, a newscast where this the New York Times had a correspondent and they said, it is locked down so tight, we haven't heard a word from our correspondent. Now, you know, if a New York Times reporter can't get connected, that's it's impossible. Right. And and this is this is where we see the news. But let's always remember, Roger, God 
God's got his own news schedule. We just don't always hear about it, okay? (laughs) Well, I was talking to my friend George, and he said, you know, uh, I wasn't planning to train radio home group leaders or TTB home group leaders, as we call them, uh, in Kashmir until later, but I had an opening in my schedule, and I just felt I should go. And he said, do you know that I went in and trained them. I, I showed them how to translate through the Bible into their language, how to record it, how to set up the home groups. And he said, just days later, I, after I had left, the country locked down tight. Mm. But we mm. had already gotten this content and God's word into the country, and it could spread organically. Incredible. It's incredible. I love hearing the stories from Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. TTB.org is where you find them online. And if you don't have the Through the Bible app, uh, my question is why? Why Why do you not have the app? Why are you not part of the World Prayer League? Why are you not uh, supporting this ministry? Greg, we have a couple moments left in our time together. I, I'm going to open the microphone up to you. Uh, the platform is yours to share with our listeners what's on your heart, what's on the heart of the ministry, how we can stand with you in prayer and other ways of supporting mm-hmm. the ministry as we move here into 2023. Thank you, Roger. I'm always grateful. Thank you for your generosity in Crawford, just for the that we get to have these conversations. And I know our prayer is that everybody hearing us will be encouraged and blessed. I, What I want to say to all of the our friends who are listening is, you know, don't don't forget, we need to get the word of God to everybody in the world. There's there are political things that we need to deal with and problems and challenges and how to live our lives. But the people of, of planet Earth, Humanity, the 8 billion people on this earth, need to hear from God. <laughs> they need the word of God. And, and God is allowing us to be a part of that. We're not the only ones. I would just say what's on my heart is please be part of helping somebody get the word of God out. It doesn't have to be through the Bible. There's all kinds of great Bible ministries. But be part of getting the word of God out to the ends of the earth. You will be eternally thankful that you did because jesus said use worldly wealth to make friends for yourself so you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings and i believe that if you're part of getting god's word and the gospel of jesus christ to the ends of the earth you're going to have eternity to visit with the the thousands or millions of people who came to faith because you were part of that that is great counsel and it's great wisdom from greg harris the president and ceo through the bible ttb.org of course you can go to kbrightradio.com or myhopenow.com where not only can you find the ministry through the bible featured prominently but also a couple of our past conversations where greg and i were brave enough to go on camera and actually do a video of these (laughs) conversations as well you can find those at myhopenow.com greg harris always a pleasure thank you brother for your time and your heart for ministry and thanks for being with us today here on the bottom line such a joy thank you roger Always great to get these uh, monthly visits in with Greg Harris. Very, very busy man. And our friends at Through the Bible, of course, a very, very valuable ministry as well. Uh, TTB.org is where you get more information on how you can support uh, this uh, outstanding ministry as well, the ministry of Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Some final thoughts in just a moment as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But 
The first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else? Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of, it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. My thanks again to Greg Harris, the uh, president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, and we think of the legacy of Dr. J. Vernon McGee with the Through the Bible Ministry. And yesterday I was sharing as we were reflecting on the passing of Charles Stanley, Dr. Stanley, uh, home with the Lord now after 90 years of outstanding service here and in this life, and talking about how the ministry of Through the Bible has been thriving. Dr. McGee has been with the Lord over 30 years, and the ministry, actually he's been with the Lord longer than he was doing the ministry through the Bible from what I understand. But that those were lessons that were taught in 1975 to 1980. And the ministry of In Touch will continue. I'm, I have no doubt. I'm sure that there are other ministries that have that legacy impact. But isn't that the name of the game? Are we trying to do so much right now that will razzle and dazzle people based on what's popular right now that we lose sight of the fact that the real, I mean, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. Shouldn't our legacy be of messages and lessons and impressions that last for all eternity as well? That is good news, and that's the bottom line.